Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Kingofpodcasts.com proudly presents The Wrestling Is Real Is Real Podcast. Because wrestling, because wrestling needs us. <sighs> Had to do that first. Podcasting from the Amazon is real.com studios in South Florida, USA. King of Podcasts recording tonight on a Tuesday night because tomorrow is the final presidential debate. So I'm going to go ahead and take care of the show tonight so that we can prepare to watch the debate tomorrow night. But just to give you a heads up, I'm recording this immediately after SmackDown Live, which just happened. And we're going to have to talk about James Ellsworth, which I don't think I even brought up last week. But we'll bring him up, I guess. You know, he's relevant. They put him in the main event, right? So we'll talk about that and a few more things. We have TNA News. We have an interesting rule ramp based on a story I just uh, picked up. And I just, a couple things. Uh, We're going to follow back up with Goldberg and Brock Lesnar. And we're going to go ahead and bring up a story that in the Royal Rant we take from WrestlingNews.co, which is sometimes where I do like to go ahead and pick up some of the stories that I read the news. A column that says that WWE is blowing it with its most talented roster in history. We're going to bring all that up tonight. First of all, let's get into the news. Headlines are presented by AmazonIsReal.com. So there's a couple of things you should know. Of course, you got... Less than two weeks before the Halloween time comes up, which Halloween on a Monday just feels really, really weird. And one thing I got to make a mention to you is this, that I don't know if you knew about this, but every year Amazon puts out their holiday toy list. We're coming up on what? Two months. Is it? No, no. Wait a minute. Yeah. Two months before Christmas. We're almost in holiday season, folks, so it's already that time. And if you're trying to save up money for the holidays or you have some cash right now that you can use to start buying presents for the kids, buying for nieces and nephews, buying for, I mean, just in general. Right now, Amazon put out its 2016 holiday toy list. So here's what they did. And this is some of the things they have right now. I figured I'd make a mention of a couple of these things. So there are now toys that have mobile app connectivity, such as the Ravensburger Space Hawk Starter Set. You have minifigures. 
There's my minis Mixi Q's bundle. You have the Toosie's Cafe playset. If you want to talk about Star Wars, there is now the Star Wars Imperial Storm Stormtrooper. The movie Trolls, a cartoon movie that's coming out, animated movie coming out now, where you could go ahead and pick up your DreamWorks Trolls Glitterific Guy Diamond, or you could pick up Disney's Mona Starlight Canoe and Friends. And then also you can actually pick up some real cool things for, you know, some of those, uh, for if you got a little son, you got a son. You know, Jeremy could think about these things in a couple of years for his sons, right? Or was, Yeah, his two sons. Think about this, Jeremy, as you're listening in. Jeremy G., my former co-host here on the program, who hopefully will get a chance to drop in and say hello. Meantime, there is the Traxxas 7909 Aton Quad Rotor Helicopter. Wow. And then there's the Moda Jet Jet Nano Camera Video Drone. That's fun stuff. So look at it. Right now, the top 100 Amazon toys for 2016 are now available, and you can find it now at AmazonIsReal.com. So go looking for toys right now. Remember, we're, where are we at right now? We are, what, nine weeks away from Christmas. Nine freaking weeks. We're already there. So that's, what, 13, 43, 77 days till Christmas? 77 shopping days remaining. It's not that not that far away, and it's, it's about time for you to start thinking about it. So keep. it might be 67, I forget. Hold on, let me find this out. Christmas, I can't believe I get, I don't know how many days are left till Christmas. And I used to know that things because, you know, it's always weird because and you notice when the, 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 when you're trying to go through and, you know, you're in Florida and it doesn't feel at all like Christmas, you just feel kind of weird. 67 days. That's what I meant. 67 days until Christmas. So keep that in mind. And it's still freaking hot out here. We just get a nice little breeze. That's our fall down here in South Florida. So go figure. Meantime, let's go to the news. So there's some word now from Wrestling Observer, Dave Meltzer, that a couple of guys are ready to declare themselves as free agents in TNA next week if the company does not pay them. So some of the theme music from this week's episode of Impact Wrestling had to be removed. Mike Bennett and DJZ came out without music, and they were dubbed in crowd noise during their entrances. And that is because the themes they come out to are not Billy Corgan-produced themes, so it's not an issue with him, but the issue was definitely related to music rights. There was talk on Thursday afternoon that Pop TV would pull the show if the issue with the music was not settled. As far as a lawsuit from Billy Corgan, the details of the lawsuit are sealed, but essentially what happened was that Corgan was expecting to buy the company and he funded a few sets of tapings this year. Corgan apparently realized that Carter, Dixie Carter was not going to sell him the company, so he wanted his investment paid back to him, but TNA did not have the money to pay him back, so that's where the lawsuit was filed. Despite the lawsuit, Court Billy Corgan is still hoping he can still get the company. There are other things involved, and the belief is that there is fraud and deception involved from TNA's side. Corgan might drop the case if Dixie, Car Dixie Carter does sell to him. There is a hearing set for next Thursday on that lawsuit. And for the last set of TV tapings, apparently the parent company of the Fight Network, Anthem Sports and Entertainment, 
put in money for the last TV tapings that just ran last week. And the Fight Network was at the last set of TV tapings meeting with Dixie Carter. We talked about The Undertaker last week being on crutches, as we saw in a couple of photos. Former WWE referee Tim White noted on Twitter that The Undertaker recently had hip surgery and he's using crutches right now during his recovery. He has not appeared on television since his Hell in a Cell match with Shane McMahon at WrestleMania 32 in Dallas. And after the match, Taker was telling people backstage he was done wrestling. And he had said that in previous years. Honestly, there's got to be a point where you just cannot continue. I know they need to have Undertaker out there. There's a need to feel that he's got to go out and continue to wrestle because there's still a draw, of course, for him. But at what cost to his health? I mean, I really felt like his last match with the with Brock Lesnar, when he lost the streak, I don't know about him coming back for another match. But I think him hanging his boots and, you know, maybe doing a goodbye the next night would have been the right thing to do. But I don't know why they didn't bother to do that. So here we are. But anyway, we'll see if The Undertaker even comes back. But, I mean, I don't look for him to come back. I don't think he should. I hope he doesn't. WWE is reporting that Bailey suffered, suffered a neck and shoulder injury after her being attacked by Dana Brooke on Monday Night Raw this week. Um, you know, it's, again, from the company, so who knows. I'm not going to go into much of it, but Paige apparently proposed to Alberto the Rio in the wrestling ring over the weekend. So let's bring up what they said about that. Alberto Del Rio and Paige got engaged over the weekend in Mayagüez, Mayagüez, Puerto Rico. That doesn't mean they can get married right away. Del Rio is still married to his wife, Angela Velkai. And you know what I haven't done yet? I haven't taken a look and see what she looks like. And if he's going to drop... Are you serious? He's going to drop... <laughs> wow, he's going to drop... This blonde bombshell for Paige? I think maybe unless there's a whole lot of things behind that, but I'm not sure about that so much. That doesn't sound right. But either which way, that's what's going on. Back to the story. Velkai filed for divorce at the end of June this year. Stated their marriage ended May 27th of this year due to adultery. It should be noted that Velkai listed the separation date just two weeks after Del Rio and Paige went public with their romantic relationship. Del Rio claimed that his relationship with his wife ended in June 2015 and it was because Angela was, quote, guilty of cruel treatment, quote, towards him. Her lawyer, Raymond Rafool, issued the following statement to Pro Wrestling Sheet regarding the engagement, quote, no, they are far from it at this stage. Of course, Paige should watch carefully how Alberto, Alberto is denying and treating his current wife and the mother of his children in this divorce. History repeats itself, end quote. In other news, following the engagement, her father, Ricky Knight, is apparently not happy about the engagement. He said the following in a Facebook post, quote, putting his out there, then saying no more about it to anyone. I am totally against my daughter marrying that man's statement over, end quote. Her brother, Roy Bevis, then also commented and said, he said, quote, hope you're okay, dad, silly girl, the truth will come out. Stay strong, bud. Hate my hate seeing my family hurt. End quote. 
Every once in a while, we have to talk about The Rock because he continues to keep doing stuff that just makes money, and it's interesting, and so what can I say? So Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Seven Bucks Productions, will be partnering with YouTube Red for a new eight-episode sci-fi action thriller called Lifeline. It will debut in 2017. And Dwayne said this on Instagram, including a trailer for the series you can watch on his Instagram page. Cool news is we continue to build in the digital space by partnering up with YouTube Red. High energy, ambitious storytelling, and I think you're going to dig it. Casting, this is going to be fun. Lucha Underground, which uh, we have to make maybe a little bit mention of this week. So, El Rey Network and Lucha Underground. You know, we've seen them in the temple in Boyle Heights for so long. Well, amazingly enough, an announcement has been made whereby sponsor Cricket Wireless will be bringing Lucha Underground live to Phoenix, Houston, and San Diego for upcoming dates. So here's what's going on. They will be doing, Lucha Underground will have three live events, and it will be the first chance for them to watch. They will be in Phoenix, Arizona, October 23rd, Houston, Texas, October 30th, San Diego, California, November 5th. There will be meet and greets with a luchador in each city, Fans can stop by and meet and greet at a local cricket branded retail store. There will also be exclusive meet and greets at the Lucha Live events. Plus, there is a sweepstakes they have right now, which you can go to participating cricket wireless stores in Phoenix, Houston, and San Diego. The sweepstakes runs through Halloween 2016. Grand prize winner gets round trip airfare and lodging to Los Angeles for two, $500 spending cash, two VIP to two VIP tickets to the Lucha Underground experience. And then there will be 25 first prize winners who will receive one piece of merchandise signed by a luchador. That's actually really cool. So it's nice to see Lucha Underground go out in the space. And I'm telling you, you know, you're in big cities, you're in major hubs. And for them to go and be doing these shows, it's uh, something that's going to get people drawing. I think people are definitely going to go ahead and make their way to go see these shows. There's going to be some real diehard fans that will really take advantage of it. So you're also talking about these are on the weekends. So you're on Sundays. So if you want to go there, you know, make it a Saturday, go watch the show. I don't know what time the, uh, the bell times are for these events, but I'm guessing it's during the day. And then you go there, you do it, and you're off and running. So that's, that's really cool. I like that a lot. And I hope there's probably some more days like that. That would be nice, too. So I'm not going to the Ring of Honor show coming up in Fort Lauderdale this weekend, but if I were to go, the main event, well, the matches that were already scheduled so far is there will be a six-man tag that will feature Jay Lethal, Alex Shelley, and Salah Shung taking on Jay Briscoe, Colt Cabana, and Christopher Daniels. And other matches they'll have, two other matches they've already, matches, uh, they've already mentioned so far, Bull James versus Adam Cole and Hangman Page versus Dalton Castle. Wow, that doesn't sound so good. So here's the thing. You don't have Kyle O'Reilly from last year. We don't have Roderick Strong from last year. We don't have the Young Bucks from last year. It's, uh, I don't know what kind of a show it's going to be, but if I had to look at the tickets right now and wonder how much they are, I, I mean, it's, it's not a great, it's not an excellent card. I don't know. That's one thing I got to make mention of. Some pretty interesting news here. Former WWE Women's Champion and former TNA Knockouts Champion, Mickey James, 
will be returning to the company to face Asuka for the NXT Women's title at NXT TakeOver Toronto, November 19th. And I'll be honest with you, I haven't been looking at all at what's been going on with NXT for over the last few weeks because I know that the last few weeks have been kind of tough to watch. But it's now time for me to start catching up on a couple of episodes. Right now, they are in the middle of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, which started on the September 28th edition, and that's what they've been dealing with most part. So in those matches, I'm... I'm I'm really thinking about like watching once we get to the finals. That's when I'll actually go ahead and take a look. But anyway, there are four matches that have been announced so far. So you have Shinsuke Nakamura defending the NXT Championship against Samoa Joe. We just mentioned Asuka and Nikki James for the NXT Women's Championship. We will have the finals of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. And in singles action, Bobby Roode versus Perfect Ten, Ty Dillinger. And so far... We're only in the semifinals portion of NXT's uh, Dusty Rhodes Classic. So right now we're waiting for the winner of TM61 and Austin Aries and Roderick Strong to take on Sanity in the NXT semifinals. Kota Ibushi uh, and T.G. Perkins lost to Sanity. The authors of Pain and and the team of No Way Jose and Rich Swan. the winner of that match in the quarterfinals will take on DIY. I don't know which teams are which. <clears throat> oh, D- DIY, excuse me. Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. That's what it was. And then Sanity is Alexander Wolf and Sawyer Fulton. So, yes, I can tell you that probably since TakeOver Brooklyn, maybe the week after that, that's the last show I saw. I basically took like about a month and a half off. And I chalked that up to a bunch of different things. Number one, I had to catch up on Lucha Underground. TNA was getting more of my interest. You know, just things were happening. And the presidential election, honestly, that also got me right off of a kilter. I was just basically off the other side with it. So what can I say? So anyway, when it comes up, that's all again, November 19th. And then the next night will be Survivor Series, which we will now go ahead and talk about now. Because we are here at the point where a match has been scheduled and it looks like it will be Brock Lesnar taking on Goldberg at Survivor Series. Now, look. Let's Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Go ahead and talk about what they did do with him on Raw this past Monday night. Let's just go ahead and go through what he said and, you know, kind of go through things. Now, again, 
last week, I think there were a lot of people that were really, that took some notice to my headline last week because I said, the WWE's creative bar has been permanently lowered. Permanently. How did SmackDown, or how did Raw do with Goldberg's return? Well, it got a bump. 3.13 million viewers. So you had about 500,000 viewers that came in to watch Goldberg. And here's the thing. The hours actually stayed pretty solid throughout. 3.2 million viewers for hour one, 3.1 for hour two, 3.1 for hour three. And remember is that Goldberg was left to the 11 o'clock hour. And they could usually kept doing promos to make sure you knew about Goldberg coming in. But what you had to notice was the clips they used. Of course, the first one might be the only thing that people remember if you're a WWE casual fan. Okay, If you remember anything at all, the one thing he did in WCW was the culmination of success in his run of, I forget if it was 100 and 200 something days. I forget what it was. But he was in the company for 10 months. And then August 1998, he beats Hollywood Hulk Hogan in front of 40,000 people at the Georgia Dome, becomes World Heavyweight Champion while holding on to the United States Heavyweight Championship. So holding on to both belts, being the person to single-handedly dominate the NWO, right? So you have that. And then they showed some highlights of him winning the World Heavyweight title from Triple H or the WWE Championship, excuse me. And then also having a match or actually having a, a feud with The Rock. And then the other thing you have to make mention was his match with Brock Lesnar on the way out, both of them on the way out of WrestleMania 20 in New York City. So, I mean, the personality, the feel, like you saw him come out, you didn't feel so bad about him coming out there it actually felt you kind of felt nostalgic about it and i think a lot of people did so the crowd responded well to him okay it's a chance for merchandise to come back chance to you know promote the video game okay look business wise totally makes sense to have him come in totally makes sense and that's really the only thing that you're getting out of this otherwise there's not much more being done with this feud. And it's just, this match is just being used for the Survivor Series just to promote the game, just to get a bump in merchandise. That's all it is. That's all we're doing. And it's interesting that they decided to make this match a match that I figured maybe people would buy to watch for WrestleMania. But remember, WrestleMania is no longer, I mean, the, first of all, for WrestleMania, I mean, I guess they have other plans for Brock Lesnar. Maybe that's Kevin Owens down the line. I don't know. But what I'll say is they're here and they decide to go ahead with Goldberg because you know what? It's probably that way because I they, nobody sees them having another long match. I think if Goldberg comes in, they kind of like let him get the hype. Maybe some doubt is planted but Brock Lesnar overall 
will destroy Goldberg, I believe, in their match at Survivor Series. It won't be anything more than a five to seven minute brawl. And that'll be it. Maybe Jack Hammer will be performed by Goldberg. We'll see him pick up Brock Lesnar. At least do that. And do a spear. Probably do that. Other than that, nothing else. I don't see much else that will happen from that. But anyway, let's talk about what he said. Because it was interesting how he brought himself up. And, you know, the ESPN comments, they made sure to go ahead and reuse those that clip with Jonathan Coachman about what he said to make sure to plant everything they've been doing now to build that match. So Helena Cell takes a back seat for Goldberg and Brock Lesnar build for Survivor Series, right? That's what your main event or one of your major segments is devoted to each week. So first you had Brock come out. Then you had Paul Heyman come out. Now you have Goldberg come out. Lesnar comes back next week. So we read to what we... Let's go ahead and read what actually happened. So Cole's out there making the introduction. They play his music. The music was WCW. He comes out there. They give him the smoke. They give him the, the sparks. Okay. So the entrance is just like it was before. So that feeling felt good. Okay. We go into the actual promo. This is awesome chance. The crowd, of course, can't help themselves. And so Goldberg says, 12 years, never say never. He never thought he would be in this ring again. He thanks everyone for the humble return. What makes this so special is that his wife and son are here to see him live for the first time ever. And they're at ringside with the governor of Colorado because they're in Denver on Monday night. He received a phone call from WWE and 2K back in January. The opportunity to travel around the world to promote the game misses a lot of things in the business. The biggest thing besides kicking ass is being a superhero for kids around the world. He says in this day, of a, day and age, there aren't enough of those. Going around the world, promoting the game, gave him the opportunity. All right, blah, 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 blah. Move down. He thinks that maybe, you know, there was, he did create a little drama back at WWE, and that made him think long and hard about returning. He thinks that maybe it's better alone. Maybe he keeps in the video game. But then Brock Lesnar challenged him to a fight, but he didn't have the balls to do it himself. He made his fat little stooge, Paul Heyman, do it for him. Then he says he thought he might have one more ass kicking left in him. One more badass spear. One more devastating jackhammer. He says that not only does he mean Lesnar is next, most importantly, it means Lesnar is last. I don't know how he's going to do so well. I just don't see... It's just another person for Brock Lesnar to take on. I mean, they have him under contract. They have to give him somebody legitimate to take on and again let me go back to even when i talked about this at wrestlemania right we talked about the fact that when you're trying to build stars remember i said this over and over when you're trying to build stars you have to Build guys to a certain level that the WWE fan is accustomed to. That's the level they have not done with the guys they have on their roster. 
which I'm going to get to the point about them, that they have a very talented roster. But they're not being used right. Not even close to the potential they could be. I mentioned again, four names I keep talking about. It's like your Mount Rushmore of current, modern, recognizable WWE superstars of here and now. If you cannot build any superstars in this current roster to the level of The Rock, Stone Cold, Brock Lesnar, John Cena. I'm sorry, I forgot Undertaker. That's what I was. I always did Rock, Undertaker, John Cena, Brock Lesnar. Those four guys right there. If you can't build guys to that level, guys that might legitimately still come back to wrestle, if you have the opportunity to have all four guys wrestle, which four guys are you going to put in there with? Legitimately. If you're going to set a match with John Cena, you're going to set a match for Brock Lesnar, you're going to set a match for The Rock, you're going to set a match for Undertaker. Okay? And notice, over the last, what, five, six years, they have used those matchups, right? Taker and Lesnar took on each other. Cena and Rock. Brock and Cena. Right? I'm just proving my point. Now let's get to the story I mentioned earlier about this is from Stoney Keeley. WWE is blowing it with his most talented roster in history. So I'm going to read this quick. And Stoney actually talks about the fact of Goldberg's return. And, you know, he was hooked with the problems of Goldberg's return. Hasn't been exciting whatsoever, but then that's how the company has felt. And this is, you know, he's thinking a couple months now, so I'm saying since the brand split specifically, has been a real spot. <clears throat> the quality of the wrestling itself has been fine. That's true. But the repetition of stale storylines and odd booking decisions make the product feel tired and recycled. Very well said. And you watch when I go through Raw and SmackDown a little bit later, and we'll detail those things, right? Ratings are terrible. The buzz of the WWE draft and SummerSlam has long since subsided. Kevin Owens and AJ Styles are the Raw and SmackDown champions respectively, right? So shouldn't this feel like a huge triumph for the diehard WWE fan? Okay, I don't like where this guy's going with this. Let me continue. He finds himself dozing off during Raw. I'm paraphrasing. Shouldn't No Mercy have felt more like an elongated episode of SmackDown? From top to bottom, the talent and potential is present. The company is stacked with superstars from the first dark match to the main event. So he asks the question, are they blowing it? And he says, absolutely. And Stoney, I agree with you. Everything begins and ends with the programming itself. Creative is doing itself no favors in keeping Raw at three hours. Absolutely correct. It's an exhausting amount of time to prepare unique content for on a weekly basis. They're running pay-per-views every other week on top of the round and on top of the round the clock coverage of the WWE network. 
There's an abundance of time that's met with a lack of direction for every wrestler in the in the locker room. Man, very that was uh, that's a chockful right there. That's what made the Attitude Era great. Every performer had something on his or her plate. It certainly wasn't the quality of wrestling. He's absolutely right there again. Man, this guy is right on the money. If you're struggling to fill three hours, either hire more people to focus on the mid-low card or shorten the show. The ratings show that something isn't working for Raw. But that's because Owens is a champion, right? And he makes mention that that's just the way things work in 2016. Well, people are not watching for the world champions, as he explains. He says that Owens has been put in a tough spot after Finn Balor had to relinquish the Universal Championship. Creative has done nothing for him. No favors. So, Triple H handed them the title. No explanation. Since then, Owens has teamed with Chris Jericho. Sure, the skits between the two have been great. Hysterical, he calls it on this article. But it does attract a bit from Owens' credibility. And it does. Because what's happening is Kevin Owens is at par with Chris Jericho. You almost forget that Owens is the champion. If not for him holding the belt on his shoulder, he doesn't really get to do much acting like a champion. And also, remember, Owens and Rollins are so kept kept away from each other. You know, it's just, it's that that's that's a great point. And then, no one seems to have any idea what to do with Owens' main antagonist, Seth Rollins. Since his return, he's felt lost in the shuffle. He's teetering between hill and face with no clear identity at all. These are the raw main eventers. I'll tell you what. When it comes down to it, the kind of thing that you have, I mean, Seth Rollins, honestly, should be the, the most built guy right now. I mean, Seth Rollins should actually be built as big as John Cena is. In his heyday. They should. I mean, Kevin Owens is going to have the title, but I understand, you know, as the heel, not to put a whole lot of push on him. Seth Rollins needs the major push. Seth Rollins is back. He is healthy. And he has proven himself once again. He is back on his A game. And he's doing great. And he's doing great without the help of the authority, corporate Kane, J&J Security. Okay, he's been back on his own. This crowd wants to cheer the fuck out of him. And this, again, going back to Stoney's quote, the company is doing him no favors. Look down the card and you'll see a floundering tag division. Serious depth issues in the women's division. More for SmackDown than Raw. And more... And really, and, and tag division actually works on both brands. And a cruiserweight division that has just not gotten off the ground yet. And I'll explain why. So something simply is not clicking on Raw any longer. SmackDown, weekly programming has been pretty good, but with serious flaws. Namely, we're in tier, year two of the complete botching of the Bray Wyatt character. Amen. I have never seen such a character I honestly think that since he's moved to the main roster, 
potential's been all there, but this company has never booked him like he was booked at NXT. Never. It's not as if you have to put a whole lot of effort into the Bray Wyatt character. If you'd actually give him feuds that people could give a shit about, maybe he has some things to say. We don't need to go back to the whole world in his hands and all these little things that are going on. I mean, there has been no progression, no evolution of this character. Why is he coming out in dreads with red streaks? You put in people in the Wyatt family. You take them away. You put them in. You take them away. You make them lose all the time. Only to build them back up. It doesn't make sense at all what you're doing right now. It's bullshit. When you have Bray Wyatt on that roster on SmackDown with that brand split, Bray Wyatt should be way up on the card. Let me put the like this. In the chain of command of the top superstars in the SmackDown brand, Bray Wyatt should be at the level of AJ Styles. At the level of AJ Styles. With Dean Ambrose on the outside looking in. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. No, no, no. no. Bray Wyatt has to go on with Randy Orton because we need to give them something to do. Now, granted, Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt, you could have made something really good out of that. But for the last month and a half, the lead up to No Mercy and to now, you add Kane as a conduit. So we're just going to put all these three guys together and then returning Luke Harper just because, oh, well... I don't know. We'll just put them together. They're all some kind of sneery, sinister kind of thing. Something about them in some previous premonition or moment they were evil or sinister characters for one reason or another. The Bray Wyatt character is lost. Totally lost. Dean Ambrose is starting to get a Roman Reigns-esque crowd reaction because of his hokey comedy booking. Wow. I mean, let me tell you, this guy is speaking, he's preaching to the choir. Preaching to the choir, because I can't even tell you. I mean, this guy took time, and really, some of the things he's saying right here are on the money. Because Dean Ambrose, 
he's been pushed down our throats. At first, people felt, oh, well, this is what we wanted. We don't want, we want Dean Ambrose going here. The lunatic fringe. Remember? Remember when he was walking back to Connecticut? Remember the lead up to the Royal Rumble when they had that Hartford, Connecticut show get snowed out? Remember? And remember when Dean Ambrose, he did the comedy stuff, making himself get back to Titan Towers? So I remember when he was funny. What happened to that, Dean Ambrose? That's the funny stuff. Since then? No. We had Bruce the Potted Plant. We had the Ambrose Asylum. We had all this other stuff going on. With And look, man, this guy's been given the opportunity. Been given the opportunity. He got the Stone Cold Podcast. And he was offended. Might not have said it on the air, but he was offended that he is resting on his laurels. Because Stone Cold was absolutely right about it. And he called him out. So there you have it. He's absolutely right. Then you talk about how the matches were set up at No Mercy, which we talked about on the post show. How you have that world title match to start off the show. And if you're going to do that, that's fine. Why doesn't the intercontinental title match, title versus career, close No Mercy? Instead, you put it halfway through the show. The crowd never recovers after that. And then that's that Bray Wyatt-Randy Orton match. If it was booked correctly, if he actually has something that gave us emotion, something that gave us something that we actually cared about, you could book that as a main event match. Absolutely. There was nothing no mercy at that pay-per-view. And if you're going to put those two guys together, there wasn't even a stipulation in this match. Tonight we get a coffin on SmackDown. I mean, it's like the way they, you know what? It, and it's funny that Kane is in this feud being interjected, not necessarily involved, but interjected as a conduit. Because I remember that feud between Bray Wyatt and Kane and that Inferno match, which was awful. And that's what this feud reminds me of. Kane and Bray Wyatt. It was a shit feud. And now here we are, once again, another shit feud with nothing to go for it. We're being force-fed part-timers. A lot of talents like Cesaro, Sami Zayn, Tyler Breeze, Apollo Crews, Neville, Luke Harper, they're languishing on the lower end of the card. NXT superstars, who aren't spring chickens to begin with, they have Samoa Joe, Shinsuke Nakamura, Austin Aries, Bobby Roode. They're taking bumps in a developmental when they could be adding value to Raw or SmackDown. All this, and there's just simply not enough top guy Rusev, which another guy that's being used right now poorly. The Roman Reigns-Rusev feud and the things they did with him on Raw this week with the meaning the Rusevs, there's a, there's no budget. Did they spend? Did the company spend all their production budget for 2016 
on the fucking set is all their energy, all their creativity, is everything being sucked into by the entrance ramp, by the gazillion video screens you have up on the entrance ramp leading to the ring? Like, seriously, did that thing just mentally vacuum your minds in creative? And everything has been sucked. Any kind of creativity you could possibly have has now been drained and has been pumped into the video screens, the entrance ramp. Is that what's happening now? Stoney, you did a damn good article. You got me pumped up, man. Congratulations. I hope you get this word back. At Stoney Keeley on Twitter, by the way. I got to give him a shout out for that. He says he's an optimistic guy, usually, in his terms of commentary. Over the last few weeks, I can't help but feel like the WWE needs to step up and give this supremely talented roster the narrative it, reserve, it deserves. If they do these superstars justice, they just could become one of the greatest eras in WWE's history. Step one, stop wasting their talent and burning the time off their primes of their careers. End rant. Stoney? I'm going to tell you this. Number one, I'm going to link this to the description of this week's podcast, the one I put up tonight. And if you happen to hear about this show, I offer you an open invitation to rant with you about this shit because you, my friend, are in line with what I've been talking about for a long time. The only difference is you're probably not as cynical as I am. And obviously you have some more optimism than I do. But man, read that story, folks. Go to wrestlingnews.co and look for the article entitled WWE is blowing it with its most talented roster in history. Because he's absolutely right. Now, let's get roll scroll back a little bit. You know, the, the roster that they did have in the Attitude Era, when you talk about it, he explains it like this because it's really is because of the wrestling. I mean, the thing is, is that you have all this athletic talent, all these real wrestlers that anywhere else, they were really solid and did very well for themselves. They were really good, right? You have a lot of great technically sound wrestlers. Meanwhile, the Attitude Era did not. Because how many could you really name that were on the list back in the Attitude Era? Except for the ones that got brought over from WCW. When you have the Revolution, or the Radicals, excuse me, Benoit. You bring Mysterio over, you bring Guerrero over, you bring Saturn, okay? Bring all those people over. Shawn Michaels, obviously, always been technically sound. And really, how many more people except for the main stars that really had the five moves and that's all they had? And I'm just not sure if the company just knows that they're trying to build characters, but the wrestling public now, they're just used to watching good wrestling. And you notice, I mean, really, I think the, the biggest thing is, too, is that sports entertainment, they can't do because they don't have the actors. They don't have the talent. They don't have sports entertainers. They have wrestlers. 
trying to create sports entertainers out of wrestlers, which they did some, but the people that were used to be able to, that used to make these wrestlers over into sports entertainers, they're not there anymore. They're not. And you know what was also the problem too? And this is what really sucks too. Is that the crowd would stick around and watch. We would watch and we would be pissed off. Although. But we would always see familiar faces that had been around forever and ever. And we complained the last few years about how we don't want to see them on, any, on TV anymore. Kane. Big show. I don't know if Mark Henry was to that point. But also, you're talking about guys who've been around for a very long time, right? And they haven't been on TV much, if at all. But these are guys you always can rely on to be there. Jericho has been a mainstay. And that's good. He's been very useful and helpful. But my thing with him is that, you know, with Jericho, he's just there kind of to play off of Owens, but not the best use of his character. I mean, unless he wants to just work on television and do his things. I would think that he'd still want to be able to work house shows and be able to do some really fun matches with people because he really enjoyed the house matches and being able to wrestle. But now the list and it and all that kind of stuff and the scarf and the John Bon Jericho stuff is in play. So I guess if it gives him FaceTime and airtime, okay, that's fine. But that's where we are. Now. And the other thing that's being brought across by Estonia here is, is true. When you have those former TNA stars, but the thing is, is that, of course, it's based on principle that this company, you know, they're not just going to bring up the likes of Nakamura or Joe or Rude or Aries and have them be the same people they were from where they came from. They're gonna. I mean, I don't know if they want Nakamura to come out like he does now. I guess they could because Finn Bauer kind of came out the way he wanted to. I don't know. But all that right there makes great sense. And so here we are. It just, right now, everything puts us in a bad spot. As fans, we know there's talent out there. So the wrestling doesn't bother us so much. Like, it's good to watch. But... We could watch good wrestling on TNA if we wanted to and not care. We could watch Lucha Underground and watch it and maybe not know who anybody is and just have the same kind of entertainment value. If it's just what's happening in the ring and the moves that these guys could use without the help of WWE, then that tells you WWE is not doing their job. They're associated with a type of brand of wrestling. That's why they always talk about WWE style. And what's funny is, is that with some of these wrestlers, they're not necessarily taking away and forcing them to go WWE style. Some do because there are certain moves you just don't see on television, right? But I don't know. It's just something about it. It feels really weird. So I'm going to leave that rant right there. Just like he ended the rant, I'm going to end my rant with that tonight. I'll leave it right there.
I'm not going to bring up anything about Impact Wrestling. Like I said, I've talked about some of the feuds and things which are fine. Lucha Underground, I did watch another episode. And, you know, I'm enjoying it. It's been a, a very good so far. Another match of Dario's... Uh, dial from Hell. <laughs> and seeing Prince Puma take on Matanza Cueto, that was pretty fun. Um, You know... I'm not going to bring up too much about it. And with Ring of Honor, not much to say either. Like I said, really things were just kind of like letting things kind of pan through until Final Battle, which comes up. I forget if it's, in the, it's early, first week of December. That's what it is. So we already talked about on Raw. Owens and Rawls, the conduit, and Rawls is just sitting there. And it does feel really weird to see that because, I mean, everything gets taken away from what's really going on. It's like we're just stuck here at a spot. And I'm like, I feel bad that we're here. And it's like, you know, they just do things to have matches just to have matches. And Jericho and Rawls take, if you deal with each other. And then, you know, everything being involved when it comes to, you know, the general managers, by the way, have been, I mean, just to say that they're out there and they're out there at all. God, man, they don't do anything that really stands out to me that I really, I really am like uh, amazed or surprised about. It's just there, and it's disappointing to me because I just look right now and I'm saying, you know, I don't see anything with Mick and Steph that really make a difference. Oh, okay, they get a little collusion. And you know what it is? Is because they're all all the general managers are just playing like straight lace, just you know, no bias, no heel aspects. And maybe that's another thing, because we were kind of accustomed to seeing these screw job general managers and commissioners and whatever they are doing whatever they want. Meanwhile, Vince and Triple H take us back seat, just, you know, producing the shows from backstage, right? And without the comfort of certain wrestlers that Vince is accustomed to using and saying, okay, let's put a lot of things behind these guys. That's one thing I really feel is a problem. Is that, remember a couple of years ago when Triple H had the whole no confidence thing being the, uh, the what was it, a COO, right? And remember the whole thing about, I mean, the wrestlers not having no confidence. But the truth is, is that I think Vince has no confidence. And Triple H is afraid of putting some of the guys he supports at risk. That's how I really feel about that right now. It's a bad place to be. When you think about Vince at some point when he was in the Attitude Era and he was like afraid that the ship was going to sink because WCW was on a real upswing using talent that was his, repurposing them, and making one badass two-year-long gimmick in the NWO that really made that company have the spot on the map and take over for 96 weeks, right? And so Vince at that time, the attitude here, that's why people used to love it, is because that guy was a fucking riverboat gambler. That guy took risks. He gambled. He put a lot on the table. He would do everything he could and just say, okay, here you go. We're just going to put it out there. And so he did. 
And so you have to say to yourself, well, as of late, nothing has really come up with those shows. We're just kind of like in a spot and it sucks. And so nothing is being really done. And I also feel like there's no pressure being put on creative either. It's as if they're just kind of like letting them go and, you know, booking parody booking is going as it does and finding all these different cogs and finding a place to put them so that at least they're doing something to earn their paycheck. That's what I feel like they're doing right now. So now, we talked about the rant, the tag team division being all over the place. So you have New Day and this little hodgepodge thing with the put-together team of Cesaro and Sheamus, and I'm like, so one week it's this, and the next week it's the opposite. Enzo and Cass are in a very flat feud right now with Anderson and Gallus. Like, there's just been nothing behind it. And to be honest with you, like, I watch the show, but, I mean, I might not be paying attention the entire time. It's on my TV, but, man, sometimes I'm completely like, you know what I'm saying? I'm completely... I'm I'm unglued. It's as if I'm not paying attention to what's going on. I'm consciously, I have the TV on, but I'm looking on Twitter. I'm looking at other things. And nothing is directing me to say, oh, shit, what am I missing on TV? What do I got to go rewind back and watch? And I don't know. That's where we are. So it's, it's bullshit. So anyway, there's that. Now, as for the cruiserweights, you know, not being able to get off the ground... Well, let me tell you what's not getting them off the ground. You know why the cruiserweights are not soaring? They're not high-flying? Brian Kendrick. It's not Brian Kendrick's fault. But why is this company putting so much emphasis on Brian Kendrick? I don't understand that. You didn't give a shit about this guy for eight years. Okay, him and his jacket and Ezekiel Jackson as his bodyguard. You didn't give a shit about this guy. He left to TNA. He comes back. He works backstage NXT training. Apparently being responsible for the training of Eva Marie. We haven't seen on TV in, in months because now she's doing things. Now. So T.J. Perkins is just out there in this really bad video game gimmick from the 80s because somebody was an Atari 2600 fan, okay? Or they liked Activision games back in the day, like Pitfall and River Raid. That dates me. And 37-year-old Brian Kendrick. Oh, we're trying to get these young superstars up. 37-year-old Brian Kendrick. Okay. So Bailey... And one way or another, she's gotten herself over. The th- the, th- the triple threat match she was in helped her a lot. And then, you know, she's had matches where she's kind of built herself up. They had, you know, these little setup matches for these glorified squashes, right? And you see her come out, the inflatable men, all that kind of stuff going on. So that's great. All that is going on. Cool. So the entrance... The idea of why we like her, her endearing fe- her endearing qualities, 
her approach, her appeal is unmistakable, undeniable. I mean, the main roster cannot fuck that up. Seriously, you really cannot fuck up Bailey. But they are trying to make that happen. Take being given a loss to Dana Brooke. I love Dana Brooke. But there doesn't I mean she never won any match over Bailey in NXT. I don't even remember what any any significant wins that Dana Brooke had in NXT, right? I don't think she had any. And so you put her in a match with Bailey and all of a sudden she gets a win? And if I'm right, was that her first loss on TV one on one? What bullshit is that? What kind of bullshit is that? I'm just saying you're not giving value to some of these wrestlers. Come on, this is the other women's wrestler that's part of that whole four horsewomen thing, right? As important as Charlotte and Sasha Banks. But no. We want her to lose to Dana Brooke. Uh, Anyway. It's the wrong push. And then just having Dana Brooke. Oh, she's with Charlotte. She's not with Charlotte. Okay. And I'll tell you something else. Corey Graves. He caught my attention during uh, the three-on-one match with Braun Strowman. The abominable Strowman. Let me tell you something. WWE should get rid of the brawn, and they should absolutely go with the abominable Strowman. I mean, shit. That's a good name. And you know what? If this guy is kind of like a pseudo face for a while, I think there's going to be some people in the crowds that will put signs up for abominable Strowman if this guy gets over. I really do. It's a good name. Corey Graves. Damn good job. Which, by the way, one of the real reasons to watch that damn show, Corey Graves is very good on commentary. When you hear the bland bullshit, normal pandering shit that we normally hear by the likes of Michael Cole and Byron Saxton, Corey Graves stands out. So when he actually talks, you actually listen to him. You actually pay attention to him. And it's funny that, you know, listen, I mean, with NXT, when I did watch NXT, Tim and Tom Graves are excellent with each other. The truth is, we do not need Byron Saxton out there. That three-man crew right there doesn't help, which is another thing. The three-man crews on both of these shows Otunga's not needed on SmackDown. He's finding his place, but we never needed him there in the first place. Two-man groups with Mauro Ronaldo and JBL on SmackDown alone, and then you put Graves and Cole with Raw and just leave it like that. In a two-hour format for each show, that is optimal. That will be a start and then build around that. Again, why USC doesn't decide to go and say, okay, look, I'll give USA will take back the Monday night 10 p.m. slot. You're not going to get 3 million people every week. At this point, WWE has already proven that. 
You're only getting 3 million people, what? Maybe, what, six, eight weeks a year? Right? 25% or so, right? So you have that. And then you're saying to yourself, okay, look, man, USA could build shows that could get 2 million people, and then they could basically say, okay, we're done, right? And it would be fine. And I totally think they could do that. My thing is just that, why don't they? You're telling me you can't really put some money behind another show besides Suits? Or how about this? Listen, if VH1 could put something like Love and Hip Hop on or Dancing with the Stars, you know, USA does do shows that like cater to women or they do shows that are like cater to something different. I just feel that you could do something there at that 10 o'clock slot to do something more instead of having Raw like it is. You just can't cram stuff up and see how that works. It just doesn't work that way. When I watched the Rusevs, it was ahead of my hand watching the segment. The crowd responded at least by saying, oh, here you go, da-da-da. But it was just bullshit. And then finally, one thing about Raw, Goldberg being called the greatest champion in WCW history. That's what he said. Let me make sure of that. I'm I'm sure he said that. The greatest champion in WWE history and WCW history. So we're not going to say that about Ric Flair. <laughs> we're not going to say that about Hulk Hogan. We're not going to say that about Sting Goldberg. Wow. Revisionist history in full effect. Then I'll smack down which I just watched. Orton and Harper, they have a match. So, oh, we're doing Hell in a Cell. I'm sorry, oh, you know, if we're all doing Hell in a Cell, well, we need to do something, you know, sinister of our own. So we're going to do a coffin. We're going to do anything with a coffin? No, no, it's just coffin. Cane in a coffin. Oh, yeah. Cane in a coffin. There you go. Yeah, good. Yeah. Cane in a coffin. Just out there. No real rhyme and reason. Just cane in the coffin. Wow. And then with SmackDown, which, okay, I give the company credit. You know, when you don't want to do anything more right now with AJ Styles, I mean, because he's, you know, they're just kind of doing things the way they want to do it. And with Dean Ambrose being in the picture and just things are there, John Cena's away now to... Tape American Grit. And I'm saying to myself, okay, so WWE saying to themselves, okay, they don't have their top star. So they have to do something in order to build interest in SmackDown. And so they do. And by the way, I'm pulling up Hell in a Cell right now, which I'll go and talk about in a little bit. But since John Cena's gone, we've long since no mercy, right? As far as SmackDown's concerned, they have nothing else to worry about until Survivor Series. So they're just basically playing limbo right now with the world title. 
AJ Styles hold on to it, and they decide, okay, they decided to do this thing with James Ellsworth, which for some reason this guy got the attention of people. Okay, good for them. And so there it is. They decided, and here we are, James Ellsworth. They make a T-shirt for them. They do all this shit with him right now. You know, he's like Zach Gowan once again, right? Real underdog. One, two, three kid against Razor Ramon. All that kind of stuff again. I mean, I get it. They found a guy that has the look, the way he looks, the way he is and all this stuff is quite interesting. All right. And so the underdog 15 minutes of fame guy, James Ellsworth gets a spot. They give him the main event against AJ Styles. I can't really say anything about the match. I think Dean Ambrose's interruptions in the match were shit. But as for the match itself, it was entertaining. I don't know what the ratings will look like for this feud, but we'll see. But when it comes down to it, there we are. They did the match. We'll see if it did any good on ratings-wise at all or what. The flat parody booking continues. You have Hawkins and Cruz just wrestling the wrestle. Swagger and Corbin just wrestling the wrestle. Mrs. Ziggler and the continuation of the Spirit Squad. Why? Who thought this was a good idea? Somebody thought we should bring back the Spirit Squad. What else can we do with Ziggler to mess with them? We'll just bring back the Spirit Squad. Oh, they're cheap to come back and bring them back. The Spirit Squad. I mean, wow. The freaking Spirit Squad. I'm not saying anything more. And then the other thing, too, is the Total Bella promos with Nikki as a total need freak. They just decided to do some little out-of-context Total Bellas promo just to promote Total Bellas. And that's how we're going to use that for the Carmella-Nikki Bella feud to continue. Well, it's something. And by the way, did we even have Charlotte and Sasha on television this week at all? I don't think we did, right? We didn't have any continuation of that, did we? Well, no, I think they did come out. Oh, no, that's right. Sasha had the interview. Uh, yeah, she had the interview um, backstage, or the uh, the, the sit-down interview. So there we go. Hell in a Cell coming up October 30th. So that's coming up uh, 12 days from that, well, as I recorded this show. We have five matches that have been announced. All title matches. We have... And uh, if I'm correct, they are all rematches. Anybody else notice that? <laughs> all rematches. Roman Reigns versus Rusev for the WWE United States Championship. Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship. Sasha Banks defends against Charlotte for the Raw Women's Championship. TJ Burkins versus Brian Kendrick for the Cruiserweight Championship. New Day versus Cesaro and Sheamus for the Raw Tag Team Championship. So, four of your top title matches, rematches. Yeah, we might have had some title changes in between, but still. It's just there. Oh, and three of the matches are in Hell in a Cell this time. So, Okay, you got that going for you. Anyway, I'm done. That's it. So, I hope you appreciate the early delivery of this program tonight. 
tomorrow I'll be watching the presidential debate. And I have never seen so much going on. And I'll tell you what, let's not even talk about who wins the election. But Washington, D.C. is fucked up right now. It's really fucked up. It's so corrupt and bad in so many different levels. That's all I'm going to say about that. And I think a lot of people out there could agree with me on just that thing, regardless of your ideology or your political slant. Because Washington, D.C. and the government they need a total reset. And he's a total reset. It's so bad over there. Just saying. Anyway, we'll leave it like that. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for finding us like you always do. Listen to me in a moment. Do my uh, resonating uh, voice over voice. I'll tell you how to, you can find us and how you can listen to us. And until Wednesday, next Wednesday, we're out. Good night, everybody. The Wrestling Is Real podcast is a presentation of KingOfPodcasts.com. Follow the King of Podcasts on Twitter at King of Podcasts or at Facebook.com slash Wrestling Is Real. The Wrestling Is Real podcast is available for download Thursdays and after every Sunday night pay-per-view at KingOfPodcasts.com iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Google Play. Feedback to the show is always welcome. Go to kingofpodcasts.com and click on Call Us Out or email us kingofpodcasts at yahoo.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.